adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Yo, man, I got a... Whew, man. I got my eyebrows threaded for the wedding. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about this. That was Friday, right? Yeah, man. Do they make you do that? Yeah. Who's the 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 the, the wife or the or your brother? Yeah, my my sister. Yeah, set up the appointment. Everything. No, you're going. Quote end quote. I mean, your eyebrows look good. They look nice and sharp. But I I didn't. I haven't been sitting here all along, being like Tony's eyebrows are weird. You look what, surprised. What? <laughs> Tony does. He just constantly <laughs> always looks surprised. Silly looking surprised. Yeah. <laughs> His eyebrows are just like permanently in the shape of being surprised. <laughs> that could set you up for some bad situations when somebody, you know, asks you a question that could be a totally normal question. Like if if your fiance is like, where were you last night? Why didn't you return my text? And you just have this shocked, like arched eyebrows expression. It's going to immediately make you look guilty, I think. Now, I did not get them arched. I got them, quote, touched up. And then the the unibrow strands cleaned up. Okay. So uh, it was well received. Okay. They said I looked uh, a couple years younger. Uh, but it was really. Who said, wait, wait. Who's, who said that? Really who said that? Process. Who said that? People. Who Who are these people? People. And why do and, and, and why and why did they lie to you like that? <laughs> You look the same age that you yeah. did. <laughs> the people that did it said that, Ash, I mean, uh, Russell, he'll come back. Oh, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you but, get that. Oh, yeah. Have y'all ever had your eyebrows threaded? Not threaded, no. no. I've never it's, had my eyebrows done professionally. I, I try to, like, you know, take care of them, maintain them on my own because you go on camera all the time and you don't want to look. You ridiculous. don't have the unibrow. You don't want no, to I've never gotten them done. I'm not even so sure what threading means. What did they do to you? And oh, I found pain- out. Was it painful? <laughs> yes. Please explain the process. I've seen it done, but so, I've never sat in chair. I mean, it, it's not with any type of electronic device or with a knife. It's right. with threads, yeah, and it's like, like oh, yeah, it's, it's just like strange. two. It's, like, it's oh. like two threads, right? Right. But oh no, it's not that simple. The way they it it feels like somebody is stabbing you, literally what? in the face. It is it is. I don't look to women that go through that. Man, kudos to y'all because that was one of the most excruciating pains. What Dude, really? It was not fun. I cried. What? Mm-hmm. Was anyone else crying? Uh, yeah, my brother cried. Okay. Um, my dad was smart and said, no, I will have mine waxed, please. Did he do that simultaneous to you guys getting your eyebrows threaded? Yes. And, and he felt how about that afterward? Uh, a lot better than what we were feeling afterward. Okay. And how long, how long will it stay threaded? Like how long will you have no hair in those spots? I have no idea. See, that's my point. Like if it come that same hair come back in a week and a half, I'd be upset. Like I need Mm -hmm. money back. Yeah. Like I mean that that's a one that's a one time thing. 
unless my fiance makes me go do it before our wedding day. Uh, <laughs> or, but, or on a random Wednesday man. when she thinks your eyebrows are looking regular. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a that was rough. So kudos to all women for enduring the pains that you oh, do. No, just I mean their so, brothers man. are probably getting it done too. Hmm. But I know. <laughs> Have you ever gone to any kind of salon for anything other than like a haircut or a manicure or pedicure or something, Russ? Have you ever um, gone in no. and gotten anything waxed? Uh, no. But I've, like, yeah, you go to the spa, you get your hands done, your feet done, whatever, so you don't have, like, walking around the house with rough feet that make noise <laughs> when you walk, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> get, get, that hard, get that hard stuff scraped off your feet. Like, don't <laughs> scratching your significant other's legs yeah. up <laughs> under the covers, tearing up your sheets and giggles sheets with some rough ass feet. Like yeah, you don't want to uh, do that. Yeah, don't disparage those sheets and giggles. You shouldn't. You shouldn't. It's so feet. like that's tough though, man. That's tough where we live with the climate, with it being what, not having rough feet. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, man. Because I I work at that constantly. I'm constantly like using the scraper on them in the shower, and then uh like putting moisturizer on them at night and everything, and in the morning, and it's like. Mm. There's still there's still some times where it's like you'll kind of feel that catching on the rug or something. <laughs> <laughs> all you hear when you walk, all you hear when you walk is woo, woo, woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. No, you go get you get you get your little you know manicure, get your nails right, pedicure, get your feet right. But oh yeah, you know your occasional massage. This would have been a good thing. I wanted. I actually had this on my list of things I wanted to ask Dion Miller about last week about how you decide when to mention something to your significant other that they need to get cleaned up. You know what I mean? Because mm. my wife will mention it sometimes, and I'm glad when she does because, like, it's. I'd rather know than walk right. around oblivious that I've got you know like a a bushel full of ear hair or something <laughs> like that that needs to be cleaned up. My uh. My fiance, she was like, uh, just subtly asked me, uh, when's your next haircut? And that's when I know I it's time to go get a hahaircut. Then <laughs> um, that's why I know it's gotten too a bit too rough. Um, so then I make my next appointment. Can't so you tell you, that on your own? You do, you ever walk by, do you ever walk by a reflective surface, like a mirror or a window or like see your face in a puddle or anything? Like, how do you not? How do you not know? How do you not know when you need a haircut? I'm my most creative in starving oh, okay. artist mode. So really? like you know, okay. you know how like Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole looks like sure. that's how you know when they're about yeah. to drop a fire in album mode. Like, yeah, that's when they're in album mode. Yeah. That's that's where I'm most most creative. Russ, yeah, much that, like uh space. Da Vinci or Michelangelo was. That's you know and Kendrick Lamar and uh Tony. You know, no. you, you know no, he we can't Donald remember. Glover, Michelangelo. That's how creatives are, Russ. You wouldn't understand. Here's my issue. Come on, guys. Here's my issue with with Stephanie telling him when to get his haircut. Maybe he likes his haircut after three weeks, and she likes it cut after two. Like, how are you gonna tell my man? Like, he has to get his haircut. Oh, I mean, you know, at this point, whatever, whatever she says, you know, goes. Yeah, Russ, that was spoken oh like a right. uh, like Jason start the show because I don't, yeah. I don't even wanna. <laughs> That was spoken by someone who is resoundingly single. Uh, 
no, 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 no. I'm not even gonna let you start the show yet because I'm I y'all throw these little rocks out there. So I'm, I'm up no, 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 no. That's not no, an insult. No, 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 that's no. That's not an insult. No. No, that's not an insult at all. I didn't mean it like that. That's like, it's like you're speaking French and he's speaking Italian. Like, it's not but the same. But it's like, yo, at some point you're going to be like, I'm getting my hair cut next week. I'm not going tomorrow. You, wait, you, wait, wait, wait. All right. You don't understand, you Russ. No, no, no. no. I, I, you know, it's whatever. I'm going to ask you this question. At what, what, what is your thing where you say, you know what? I'm putting my foot down. I'm not doing that, Stephanie. Uh, there's not too many things. Welcome to Sports Adjacent. I'm your host, Jason Leisure, and <laughs> Russ Dorsey, our co-host. And uh, what's left of Tony Gill in his manhood is producing the show today um, since his girlfriend, since his fiance has allowed him to be here. Congratulations, Tone. Until she hears this episode, and it's yeah. out to find a new producer. Our show is brought to you by Sheets and Giggles, and I got some important news for you guys that you need to know. Um, our promo code has been made more efficient here. I'm not going to. Con- this is one of the things in newspapers, Russ. You don't repeat the incorrect information; you only say the correct one. So our right. promo code is now just SA. That's all. This is the easiest thing in the world. You guys can type in SA. You don't have to be a good typer or anything. You can just look down at the keys, hit the S, hit the A, and you'll save 23% at sheetsgiggles.com. Not just great sheets, but a great company too. I've been telling you guys that, and it's not just something that I say. One of the things they're doing that's interesting right now, Russ, is they announced their dream team, quote, dream team of college basketball players that they have signed to NIL deals. And- Colin, the CEO over at Sheets and Giggles, wanted to pick guys that were not going to otherwise get these deals. Not not the stars. The stars are going to get their deals. The guy, all the guys at Kentucky, they're going to get their deals. Um, mm-hmm. But his his dream team, the Sheets and Giggles dream team, is I hope I get these names right: Brock Janik of Tennessee, mm-hmm. Russell mm-hmm. Strong of UCLA. What a great name that is! Oh, huh? That's mm-hmm. a very... Russell Strong. Shout out to all the Russells out that there. Is, we we got we, we to make a list of the manliest names in the world because yeah. that's definitely one, like, top five yeah, names, uh, manliest there. names. Uh, Becca Ripley of UCF. Oh, Connor Servin of Illinois. And Justin Taphorn of Wisconsin. And the, the way that Sheets and Giggles picked these guys as their dream team is that they are the, quote, most well-rested players in the tournament because they are getting the most bench time. I, I also, idea, I a also, good way to put some money in these kids' pockets. That listen, I, I, it. I also talked to Colin the other day, and when I first saw it, I'm like, oh, would they feel a way about it? But these kids probably wouldn't see a lot of tick anyway. Not that they're like bad players or anything. It's just like their time hasn't come. And so yeah. while you're waiting for your time to come, get your little NIL deal with an awesome company like Sheets and Giggles. Get a little, you know, take care of yourself until you get playing time. And then boom, then some other kid's going to be the on the well-rested dream team. Tony, what are you laughing about, buddy? You're welcome to laugh on Mike. Sorry, sorry, guys. Okay. I didn't want to – didn't, Russ was making a good point, and I didn't want to disturb him. So I put myself on mute 1% better. Okay. Anyway. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Sidebar. So if we get 1% better, Tony, Stephanie mm-hmm. definitely gets like 100% better, Tony. Facts. That flipped like a like a light switch. That was that was not incremental. That was like in or out. We should we need to do a better job in negotiating because I would like more than one percent better, Tony. 
Can we get 10% better? I mean, the dynamics of the show would change dramatically. Yeah, it would be better. You're, negoti- you're, you're doing this wrong, Russ. You know how, like, in college, with college football, they talk about you don't recruit the player, you recruit the parents? Like, we need to negotiate with Stephanie to be able to get better Tony. Well, that's where the money goes anyway, so. Right. And then, and she, yeah, she will help us with that probably. Anyway, Sheets and Giggles, new promo code SA, just SA. You'll get 23% off at SheetsGiggles.com. Fantastic eucalyptus sheets. I love sleeping on these things. I, I get sad when I go to a hotel and they don't have these sheets and I just want to get back to my comfortable Sheets and Giggles sheets. Russ, uh, you seem very dismayed by the fact that Tony is already fully under team control with a long-term contract. No, like I'm I'm down with the long-term deal. It's good for both sides, both the, the team and the and the player. Um I just lifetime. I just lifetime contract. No, lifetime contract, mm-hmm. not no opt-outs, right? I just and it's not even a product of being single. I just think at some point Tony You've you've lived for a long time without your lovely fiance, mm-hmm. and I know in when you have that union, two becomes one. I get that mm-hmm. part, but there are points where it's like, yo, I feel this way. Shouldn't your feelings matter? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe some, you don't want to get your hair cut. Uh, that doesn't matter to me a bunch. Like Tony, it's it's not about the haircut. It's about the point I'm making. Like yeah, I know, at some right? point, you gotta be like, "Hey, I I, I just, still don't understand how he doesn't recognize that he needs a haircut." I always know when I need a haircut. Um, but but I, they're not the same. Like when when she feels he needs one and when he feels one are completely different things. Don't you think she's right? Wouldn't you assume? No, she's right? you, no, I, you, I, you I, probably I, should. You, assume? you should probably you probably should. In like, this case I'm, specifically. If he looks like Wolfman, that's one thing. But like, if he's <laughs> a couple a, days that, between cuts, no, nah, it's not. It's never that. Um, Interesting. It, it's usually a while, and I do ended up looking like Wolfman. Yeah, all or right. so you know, Teen lead Wolf, with that next time, which is also about a black man. <laughs> I don't want you looking like Teen Wolf. Let's let's avoid that. It's bad for our brands <laughs> if you're on the pod looking like Wolfman. I feel like knowing whether you need a haircut or knowing whether you need to lose a little weight are things that you wouldn't need anyone to tell you you would those are things you would readily see anytime you walk past any mirror i feel like if somebody was like hey your 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 ear hair is bushing up a little bit or your eyebrows like are looking bad or you need to trim your nose hair that's like a little finer detail you might have to look really close in the mirror to see that Mm -hmm. i'm surprised that you would ever need to be told to get a haircut well, Jason, as a black man. Thank you. I was waiting for uh, it. I was waiting for it. <laughs> like I, I was trying to say it without saying it. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, as a black man, this is the the high time um, to conduct business and do daily things uh, with with the fro out, you know, with the with the, with the hair just kind of growing, you know, and uh, daring somebody to say something. Because oh, you know, okay. It's, it's so a, I'm the somebody. Okay, all right, is, great. This is this is like one of the greatest times to be a, a black man in America, if if not the greatest time to be a, a black man in America. Russ is not totally convinced. Oh, oh Russ, Russ, you got, you got a different time period. That was great. I, I mean, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying. Yes. I'm not saying. We're just assuming that this. Which was great, great time in America would you like it to be <laughs> again, Russ? If we're going to make it great again, I had what was, no. What was, what was the great funny? time you're thinking of? You know, it's funny. I had somebody ask me. Uh, 
if you could go back in time to a different like year, what year would you go to? And I was mm-hmm. just like, uh, you know, for the for the black community, this is about nineteen seventy five to now is the only I mean like, we don't really have that many years. And even nineteen seventy five was yeah, I don't like I, I told the person I I like that game. To be honest with you, maybe the year ninety four when Biggie and Pac and them was still alive. Music was good. R and B was great. But that's not the year I was born. Like it's not that long ago. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, that's that's the worst game. Yo, for for our listeners out there, oh, our listeners out there that uh, are not of from the African American community, stop asking your black friends what year they would like to go back to. Just yeah, that is a awful icebreaker right. question. First Terrible icebreaker. I bet that's a bad icebreaker icebreaker question in general. Like. It wasn't an icebreaker though. It was just we were just having a conversation, and that question came up, and I was like, mm. "Can I can I request yeah, that people don't this. ask their white friends that either? Because it's just kind of a dumb question." I mean, you can uh, just pick depend one. on who you ask. They, they, people get really excited. <laughs> Yo, people straight. get really excited. People get really excited when you ask that question. It's like, oh my goodness, 19, 19 the forties, oh, or uh, the eighteen hundred, like. You'll hear some wild years when I'm like, oh, yo, like the 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 nah. stat the, the the status that kills me on Twitter or Facebook, like, oh, I feel like I was born in the wrong era, like, uh, da, da, da. I was like, mm. I don't think you want to play that game. Oh, like they're an old, they just it just means they like old time music, and they're not really yeah. thinking through all the other ramifications of growing up during that era. <laughs> <laughs> I like old be- music and old books. Well, there's a lot besides music and books you might want to consider. <laughs> which is which makes that whole I don't know if you guys are Marvel fans when Captain America went back in time at the end, yes, um, to live out yeah. his days in uh, racist America uh, <laughs> because that was the high point. I'm like, why did, did he help? No, he didn't help anything. It was completely selfish. Yeah, all this knowledge about the future and technology and all this other stuff. And he just was like, well, you know, sucks for y'all, but I'm going to be good. <laughs> I don't know if that line was in the script, but. Oh I mean, by him making that choice, though, it's like, you know what you're choosing, right? And he was perfectly fine with that. <laughs> you don't, they didn't show anything after that. They just, it ended on with him like uh, dancing, I think, at a dance hall or something, didn't it? Yeah, until he stepped didn't outside. It didn't follow his life at all. I mean, and then he walks outside and lives the rest of his life in well, America. Maybe he'd be an ally because he's friends with uh, Hawkman. Or, uh, who's Anthony Mackie's guy? Who's his uh, character? Falcon? Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, maybe that friendship opened his eyes and maybe he went back in time and was an ally. Uh... uh. Yeah, I don't think he was risking it. I don't think he. I think he lived the life very comfortably as a blonde, blue-eyed white man. <laughs> uh, Deshaun Watson was traded to the Browns over the weekend, Russ. Um, or as I was led to believe, he was traded to the Falcons on Thursday, and you might be wondering why would I think that. And that's because uh, journalist Tony Gill reported that to me Thursday night, like two weeks after we had kind of a conversation about what journalism is and how to make sure something's correct before you go telling other people it. Tony was telling me Deshaun Watson's going to the Falcons on Thursday, uh, which, mm-hmm. by the way, didn't happen. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Tone, how do you know that? And I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, I don't see anything about this. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's on uh, Talking Sports Atlanta on Twitter or whatever. And I'm like, well, don't, don't you think like, uh, why do you think like Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport don't have anything on this? And Tony's like, well, they don't, they must not know yet. Mm-hmm. And Tony, Tony informed me that he follows the deep, deep Twitter. He follows where the news really comes from. Um, you know how there's a and, dark web? There's, yeah. there's a dark Twitter. Yeah. Right, incorrect real, Twitter. Wildly inaccurate. So hey, Deshaun Watson. Twitter. Deshaun Watson, who is currently facing 22 civil suits for, is it sexual assault? Are they all sexual assault? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's been cleared of criminal charges, but is facing 22 civil suits for sexual assault, uh, traded for a huge windfall for the Houston Texans, getting three first round picks back, which... It, as though nothing has happened, although as though he's the same player, he's the same uh, asset that they've had all along. And before we found out about any of this stuff, two hundred and thirty million dollar fully guaranteed contract. And I assume he's playing next season, Russ, because there is no way in the world any team would have gotten in the mix for Deshaun Watson without some kind of heads up from the commissioner's office about what's coming next. You know what? I don't believe that they think he's going to be playing next season because if you look at the $230 million fully guaranteed contract that he got, the base salary for 2022 is $1 million. Mm-hmm. It's the following year in 2023 that it goes through the roof. It's almost like they said, all right, there's a chance you don't play most or all of 2022. So we'll like backload the last four years of the deal with all the money and then you would make a million dollars this year and if you lose your money because you get suspended that's what you lose a million dollars not a big deal in grand scheme of things yeah. but it is yes it, tony it feels so it feels cool. it feels nasty right uh, and so then uh, after the trade becomes official the browns put out like 18 statements on why they did this and it's just like if you thought this was a good idea you wouldn't so quickly come out and say, well, we checked and we talked to Deshaun and we talked to his reps and we, we care about. No, you don't. Stop it. Save it. Save it. You clearly just said, hey, this dude's really, really, really good at football. And at some point, I mean, he's not going to jail. So we'll figure all this other stuff out. At, at you know, when we will cross that bridge when we get to it. That's what this feels like. It does. There's, there's p- sort of precedent for this type of situation with Ben Roethlisberger where it was he did not face criminal charges, but there was a civil suit and there was a suspension that followed and things like that. Um, I would guess that the the money part of the, the way his contract is structured is probably having to do with salary cap more than anything else. Um, but even if you were to say, hey, he's going to be suspended most or all of the upcoming season, if you've already signed on and made peace with uh, bringing Deshaun Watson into your building, that's. That's short term. You're thinking of if you're getting Deshaun Watson, you're thinking of him. He's 26, I believe. You're thinking of him being your quarterback for at least the next 10 years. So, you know, having to go without him for part or all of the upcoming season would be something you could live with. I'm very curious to see what punishment comes down. And one way or another, whether whether what you suspect is correct or whether I what I think have, has happened is correct about them getting kind of a wink, wink, or you know a heads up from the commissioner's office. 
uh, one way or another, they, they have to have some sense of what to expect. And they have to have some sense. Really, the big question is going to be, is the NFL going to one way or another factor in him sitting out all of last season as part of the suspension? So he was not suspended at all last season, but he didn't play. And it was obvious that this was part of the reason. So are they going to credit him with preemptively serving at least part yeah, of the suspension? Serving. I don't know. Yeah. You know, the the thing about the punishment is, uh, and I think the interesting thing that I don't think a lot of people are discussing is the Sean Watson by being an NFL player uh, is represented by a union and it doesn't seem like the players union wants anything to do with this situation and Deshaun Watson. Um, And I think that's what makes this situation interesting in terms of the punishment standpoint uh, is because Roger Goodell, who has been lauded as the moral compass for the shield that he got the job on the premise of cleaning up the league. Uh, and now here's another situation where the law, uh, the criminal justice system did, uh, didn't choose, didn't punish uh, Deshaun Watson in the ways that we thought that he would. Um, so now it's left up to Roger Goodell, uh, a entertainment leader, uh, to come down on Deshaun Watson uh, in this very kind of gross and weird situation that Deshaun, you know, put put himself in and the league in. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see if they do the time serve thing or if he has word from. Look, the union has to do its job, but how well the union does their job will be interesting in terms of protecting uh Deshaun uh from a deemed cruel punishment um if he does the whole season again if like I'm very very if he does just half the season if he does six games it's going to be interesting to see what the league deems as good enough of a punishment for him because in actuality none nothing the league can do is actually good enough outside of keeping him out of out of the league which i think is a more interesting conversation because it's just back on the hamster wheel for the most of it where he was going to serve whatever three four five six game suspension and he will be out there again playing football and i don't know if he should you wouldn't do this tone right I think you've been made that pretty clear all along. You wouldn't take Deshaun Watson. No, no. Um, I, it's just, it's not, it's not worth it. Um, I've, I've had many conversations trying to get, make sure I get the right perspective on, on the situation. And I think the conclusion that I come up with is as much as it's safe to and easy to well whatever the government says that's what we should abide by but sometimes the system is wrong and sometimes the system doesn't help and correct not as a joke but as a black man again not as a joke of all people i should know that that the system is broken so 
when the system doesn't involve me and it doesn't work out in this situation, I can't just be like, well, whatever the government says is right. When I know that that's not true. So if we're, if we're depending on the system, albeit it's the only thing that we have. Um, but if we're depending on that system to deem what is okay and what is not okay, um, I don't, think that should be a hundred percent true. I think nuance should be involved uh, in this situation. And again, like I know there's other people that shouldn't, that's in the league that are bad human beings. Um, I don't know the amount of people. I don't know every situation. I know this one and I've read this one and I've read the details of what this what he was doing and, and the coercion, the coercion that was going on with him, and the in the allegations, power, in, in the allegations, and the the power dynamic um, in these situations, and I just don't feel comfortable with him playing football. Like I just don't like he. I don't think he should be playing. And this this was a time. This can be a time for the league to set a stand. Like they, the league will go on as much as the league says you know, the shield first and the league will go on. I don't get, I don't understand them wanting to have Deshaun Watson, you know, around. Like it's a, it's a easy, it's an easy decision for me. They did it to Colin Kaepernick. They can expose, they can exclude anybody they want to. I don't, I don't get why this was, this was, this one is so important to keep him around. I, um, when I look at this, the trade and everything that's happened since the beginning, I and part of being in sports media is I notice things like, like, what have you guys thought about the coverage of this? Because I think some of it has been very irresponsible. There's a tweet uh, from Adam Schefter mm-hmm. the day that it was announced that he wouldn't be charged, yeah. Sean Watson. Uh, wouldn't be charged um, criminally. Tweet reads as follows, quote, this is why Deshaun Watson from the beginning welcomed a police investigation. He felt he knew that the truth would come out. And today, a grand jury did not charge him on any of the criminal complaints. I think we have a responsibility, end quote. I think we have a responsibility as reporters to like know how to read a room, understanding a situation, and being responsible. I take pride, Jason, I know you take pride in like being responsible and reporting, especially when uh, situations like this come up. And we just haven't, like this has just been careless reporting, right? The yep. lack of concern and care for victims, uh, yep. a lack in con- of care and concern for people who aren't victims of this case or alleged victims of this case, but victims of things like this that have happened in in life in general and might see this and feel tricked, like just zero accountability and, and of being responsible by reporters out there. And one of the biggest ones that we have in sports and Adam Schefter, the tweet that followed said, this is this uh, quote, this was poorly worded tweet that deserves a proper response. It was intended to provide insight into the strategy of Watson's legal team from its POV I should have been clear, as legal experts have explained, a lack of uh, indictment alone does not mean someone's innocent. 
Like yeah. those are things that you shouldn't have to go back and correct. Um, and it's it's just this this is these cases are too important to just haphazardly tweet things. Like, oh, yeah. this is why he wanted the truth yeah. out. Like, it just seems super irresponsible. And us as a society and us as reporters just need to do a better job of being responsible. And I think for me as a reporter, I, I don't want to have to have an apology tweet because I didn't take <laughs> the time to think yeah. Like, yeah, this is irresponsible if I tweeted this or being abundantly clear about a situation before I come out in public and, and really speak on it like that, because our platforms are too large. Yeah. Right. That And for a guy like Adam Schefter, who has millions upon millions upon millions of followers, um, 9.3 million followers, like you can't afford to make mistakes like that. Right. I think. That tends to be something that uh, sports writers collectively are not always good at. And that's part of why people get into sports writing. I know that one of the reasons I want to be in sports writing is because a lot of the other reporting in the real world, like the things that really are going on, is pretty heavy. That's a pretty tough. I know some people that cover news and that's hard, man. That is draining and sad and in sports, we cover the nonsense. I mean, even if you're covering some contract dispute, that's serious for that player and whatever. But like, we're we're covering the grand game. Yeah, yeah. There's not a lot of this that comes up. There really isn't. It it does happen, but it doesn't come up a lot. And I think you've seen a lot of. Would you call it lazy? I, I lazy. Yes. I don't know. Does Very lazy much give so. too much of the benefit of the doubt, or is it worse than that? You've seen a lot of that tweet that you read. Sounded like it could have been written by. Deshaun Watson's team. Correct. And I think there's been quite a bit of that. Mr. Editor. Times. It's not just it's not just the one that you brought up. There have been several other examples. And I don't want to put everybody out here on on blast. Hopefully they've learned their lesson and seen the error in what they did. But there's been a lot of reporting that I've read over the last year plus that has felt like, hey, this is clearly a message that Deshaun Watson's team is trying to get out there. And this needs to be balanced. It's okay to explain Deshaun Watson's position and Deshaun Watson's legal strategy. But you have to be clear with that. Yes, you're correct. Yes. I mean, um, and I didn't to interrupt you there. I apologize. No, no, it's fine. Um, it's weird because it's like, who who are we kind of you know, holding accountable, right? Like Adam Schefter's bosses want him to not discuss, to just move on to the football aspect of, of this. Um, so the worldwide leader, they're going to mention it in the beginning, maybe for the first couple seconds, but then it's right to their, their partners with the league. So I don't know if it's up to the individuals that are, you know, having to do their job, to do that, I don't know if they're the blame for the the coverage of it. I just think that these big media entities just want to talk about the sports aspect of it and have shown that they don't want to get into any more politics. They don't want to get into any more 
Me Too issues. Um, they don't want to engage in anything other than the games. And if somehow it's involving the games, they want to do their, you know, base level what they're required to say and then move on back to talking about the games. So I don't know if it's the fault of the individuals versus the media entities just being too powerful. On my show, we talked about Deshaun Watson a lot lately, and I'm very uncomfortable with it. Because I I understand my job and it's like I have to talk about Deshaun Watson. Like it's the biggest news story in sports the last couple of weeks. Mm. At the same time, it just feels so irresponsible to, to discuss it in just terms of football. So when I've talked about it, I always preface with the civil suits, right? Um, the fact that, yes, he will not be charged criminally, but the league could still uh, bring down a punishment and they still have these civil cases pending in court. Like, I, 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 but I don't know how many people do that. Right. And I'm not trying to say like, Oh, look at me. I, but it's just like personally so having to discuss this situation a lot for my job. It just, I'm uncomfortable with it. Um, I, I think the, the only if I'm going to give anybody any benefit of the doubt, it is that like me, like it is my job to talk about it. But I just think you have an obligation to be. You have to present every fact of this entire situation. It's not just football. You you can and you can't frame framing it as such is irresponsible in and of itself because this has go- gone beyond that. It feels like that's what the Cleveland Browns want to do. Clearly, I mean, this, yeah. This trade package and this contract is what you what Deshaun Watson would have gotten two years ago. Yes. It's what the Texans would have gotten for him, and it's the pay that he would have got $46 million a year. I mean, this all he got a raise in a promotion. <laughs> this all looks like this all looks like nothing ever happened. This if you had been asleep during all of this and woke up and saw that he got traded for three firsts and got a five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed deal, it would all check out to you. It would all make sense, not knowing what had happened. It, it is like we're just going to move on from this and treat it like a football transaction. It's uh, – in the coverage, I'm interested to see how the coverage shifts uh, for the main reason that he cannot plead the fifth in a civil suit. Um, he's going to have to explain what he did and what went down uh, and what he did. Uh, and once those words get out on paper and they're screenshotted and posted and the quotes are, and you, and we see, because it's the only, that's, that's the only way we're going to hear from him what happened because he didn't say he pled the fifth during the whole criminal investigation uh, as to not, um, and died himself. Um, but in the civil, in the civil case, and uh, he's not going to say anything at the opening press conference. He's they, he, they may, they may have an opening statement read prepared and say, they will not answer questions, uh, regarding it. So he's not going to say it in public. The only space is we're going to find out is once he has to 
discuss what actually happened, the whole tenor in court, the whole tenor is going to change. I I can almost promise that that how it's it's because it's going to get even weirder because now it's like you've you've been saying all this stuff and preparing for him to play football. Now it's back to square one, which it should have been there already. It was already weird from the jump. It was already messed up from the jump. But we won't get that type of coverage until after he has to say what he did in those situations, in those rooms with those women. And it it's crazy that it's going to have to come to that. And that's the only place that we're going to actually find out from him what, what happened. And I'm not saying he's going to tell the complete truth, but it's going to be enough for us to have a picture because they, how do you explain that away? He's going to get asked direct how? questions. Everything <laughs> yeah, you've I, read in the Sports Illustrated report and in everything mm-hmm. else, like everything you've read, he's going to be asked directly about those things, and he's going to have to say something. Yeah. The, the, how do you? He, 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 how? Do, what I'm trying to figure out. There's no way that he can sugarcoat any of this or any of one of those situations to make it look like it was something that it wasn't. But it, it's not. There's nothing he can say. Which is why the the whole tenor of the coverage is going to change once we get those quotes. I just I'm already I already know like when it comes to the Browns, it's well we just got to focus on football. Blah 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 blah. Right? They've they've made their decision on how they feel about the situation, and they hope that things go away. Loki, the um, league did. They weren't the only team that wanted them. That's what no. shocked me, Russ, is that you could still get three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. And what that means is, and you heard many names, Tony was not entirely off with the Falcons. They were in there. They didn't They didn't get them, though, Tony. you got to really look at where you're getting your news from, buddy. No more of these Tony's tidbits, okay? But there were many teams involved. There were many teams pursuing Deshaun Watson. And that's a bidding war. That's how you end up getting three first-round picks for Deshaun Watson. There were enough teams that would have gladly signed over whatever kind of trade package. I'm getting a guess that every team that was mentioned was willing to do this. He was Was willing to do do three firsts if they could have gotten him. Mm -hmm. Now, he said, I didn't want to go to uh, Carolina or wherever else, and he ended up picking the Browns. He ended up almost Mm -hmm. having free agency of getting to choose his destination out of these (laughs) quarterback-starved teams. But – uh, others, if the Browns were not willing to do this, Russ, three or four other teams at least were willing to, were ready to take Deshaun Watson for that price. He was interviewing teams. Dude was interviewing after all this. He was interviewing for his next spot and forcing them to bid for him. He's a game-changing talent. I mean, that's the way to understand that is that that's the only thing anybody's looking at in these conversations. That's the only thing the teams are considering is that this guy, this guy could very well any given year be the best quarterback in the NFL. And if you're just playing a video game here and you stick Deshaun Watson on the Cleveland Browns, that's a Super Bowl contender. So, and that's all these teams were factoring in when they're lining up to trade three first round picks for Deshaun Watson. There's nothing, and I mean nothing, more valuable than your sleep. And because of that, your sheets should be of the highest quality. That's why you need to work with our friends at Sheets and Giggles. They use the highest quality hypoallergenic materials in their bedding so that you get the best sleep possible. Sheets and Giggles offer soft, 
breathable sheets that will make you run in your bed. But they're also made with sustainable eucalyptus lyocell threads. Not only will you get a great night's sleep, but you'll help the environment as well. This isn't just a one-way street either. They're the same sheets that are on my bed right now. I got the pearl-colored sheets. And listen, I get hot at night, but the eucalyptus lyocell threads keep me nice and cool. Combine that with my sheets and giggles comforter, and your boy's gonna be knocked out. Use our promo code SA, that's SA, to get 23% off your next order at sheetsgiggles.com. Don't waste any time. Head over to Sheets and Giggles and get ready for the best night's sleep you've ever had. Russ, you've been waiting for the fun part of the show, and I don't think this is going to be it. No, this is not it. Yeah. Uh, We have another really ugly incident between uh, an NBA player and a fan. Yeah, I should be clear. Uh, Another ugly incident of a fan instigating and taunting an NBA player and that NBA player reacting like any human being and not liking it. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic from the Blazers was playing in Indianapolis, or not playing, actually. He was on the bench in street clothes Mm -hmm. this entire time, being heckled by someone who was sitting, I don't know if they were courtside or they probably were courtside because he was able to walk right over to this person after the game. Uh, it's certainly close enough for him to hear. And he, the video you see before you know any of the information is Nurkic walks over to this fan who looks like young, but an adult, certainly. Uh, I believe he had a beer in his hand. And a uh, very brief conversation. He takes his phone. Uh, Nurkic takes his phone and throws it and then walks off. And you're wondering what happened here. Um Yahoo Sports' Chris Haynes uh, reports the things that were yelled, the things that this fan yelled to Yusuf Nurkic were, quote, your mom is trash and your grandma is a B-word, which is not something you should be saying anyway. But Nurkic's grandmother died from COVID two years ago, so it's a particularly sensitive subject uh, for him. Russ, when you hear that that he or any other NBA player grabbed a fan's phone and threw it, I'm sure you're picturing something uh, much different than what the video actually shows. It's not much of a throw. In fact, I would say that Yusuf Nurkic was pretty restrained overall. He kind of just took that phone out of his hand and flung it maybe two or three rows. This was not a full-on heave into the upper deck or anything like that. Um, I keep saying that they need to stop doing this. Everyone needs to stop doing this. This, this. We don't need to be taunting athletes uh, at a very personal level, if you want to make fun of someone for how they're playing or boo them every time he touches the ball, I think there's some gamesmanship and some uh, part of it that the players uh, kind of sign up for and know is going to happen. And that's that there's some of it that's considered like within the game to me. But starting to go after people's family, uh, as has happened several other times here, like that, that just shouldn't be happening. You're not like, a good person if you're doing that. I'm I'm with you. Like if I'm if I'm an athlete. Whatever, like, yeah, I'm I'm trash. I suck. I'm not good. Fine, but like, you say my mom's trash, and then you call my grandmother a bitch, whether she had passed away or not. Which this was the case for Yusuf Nurkic. That like that dude is lucky that Yusuf Nurkic didn't put hands or feet on. Yeah, him. that that one about his grandmother is such a an obscure thing. That's not part of normal trash talk. You don't no. normally start mm-hmm. ripping no. on someone's grandmother. So that seems that seemed very uh, intentional. 
to me. It seems like we talk about this every other week. Your fifty, a hundred, two hundred dollars to go to a game does not allow you the right to say the things that this fan allegedly said to Yusuf Nurkic. It doesn't allow you to yell at someone like they're not a person. Correct. It doesn't allow you to yell mm-hmm. at someone like they're a, like they're some kind of uh, zoo animal that can't understand what you're saying. I mean, th- these were th- I, that fa- I haven't seen this. I, I've seen the fallout for Nurkic. He was fined forty grand. Yeah, for this. Um, he's probably thinking, A, that seems a little much a little for harsh, yeah. a pretty modest reaction, and uh, B, well worth it anyway. But I, the fallout for the fan needs to be that this person is banned from the arena. You shouldn't allow this in your arena. The Pacers, who have nothing to do with Yusuf Nurkic, at least as of now, um, shouldn't want this element in their arena. Russ, even you're, you're saying like, it doesn't entitle you to do that. Let's just say it does. Let's say you can just yell whatever you want with no consequences and say whatever you want to these players without having any fear of being thrown out of the arena. Because many of these people do get banned from arenas for yelling something racist or something way over the line to players. Um, even if you can, why, why would you imagine being at a game, Russ, with your dad and your dad yells something like that at a player? Well, what's going through your mind at that point? It's so unacceptable and it shouldn't be. Like when I say we talk about it all the time on our podcast, we talk about it a lot. It's, it's constant. It's constant. We've been talking about this for over a year. We're talking about this all the time. Yeah, it, it, it's just because I think it was in Indiana if I'm not mistaken, where when LeBron and the Lakers were playing there and those fans were saying things about like wanting Bronny to die and all that, I believe that was Indiana as well, if I'm not mistaken. I'll check while Tony answers, but like it's just unacceptable. I mean, you could hear it anywhere. We've seen it in Utah and Boston. We've seen it in Indiana, places that everyone would say, oh, of course, you're going to see it in those places. But you could see this anywhere. There's, there's any at any place where and in any sport, you can see it in baseball, too where they're treating the athletes like they're not people. Yes, that was Indiana, uh, November 26th. Yeah. um, It's two things, right? The obvious thing is that fans shouldn't have said that. Uh, That's that's, that's easy, yes. Uh, The harder discussion is I don't think people are going to stop. And um, for some reason, sports attracts and brings out the worst of us. Um, And it's not just, you know, in America. I mean, they're throwing banana peels at soccer games across the pond. Like, for some reason, I think sports brings out all of us, not the worst. It brings out all of us, everybody. Everybody likes sports. So we're yeah. all going to be in one space at the same time, the the yeah. civil and the uncivil, uh, the the racist fans and the black mm. athletes. Like we're all going to be in one space. It brings out everybody. So we so while in the rest of the world we may find ways to live very segmented lives, very insulated lives. When we're in uh, a sporting arena, much like uh, an airport or something like that, we're all going to be together. So we're all yeah. going to have to figure out how to how to exist in the same space and. You keep seeing stuff like this happen. Yeah. So the 
from if that person is willing to say that, there is no shame or punishment um, or physical punishment that would stop that person. That's who that person is. Um, that's who they are in their most comfortable space. In a most com- that's what came out of that person. So that's who they are in real life. Um, I mean, it wouldn't have changed him if if it would have felt good for him, probably Yusuf, and it would have felt good for us as people that do not like people like that to get punched in the face or stumped out. But that person was going to change. They probably would have been felt more validated uh, if they got beat up. Um, the only thing that you can do is expel them from the pro. You no longer have access to this product anymore. Which as could- of now, by the way, Russ, as of now, as of Tuesday night, I- I'm looking all over and there's no mention of anything like that happening. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's shame, public shame and expulsion of them from the, from the product is the only way you do. Like, I like the way LeBron handles it when he's like, hey, stop the game. This is for everybody in the building. I'm pausing what's going on. And I'm pointing at you. Right. And I'm going to this person and saying, this person needs to go. They are not enjoying this game. They are not in uh, uh, having, this is a family friendly entertainment sport here. And this person is disturbing that. And I'm pausing TV commercials. Yeah. Everything has to wait. Everything has to wait and stop. Until yep. this person is removed, get this person's name, put it out in public, and let employ his employer or their employer because the the lady it was a lady that said uh, mm-hmm. that LeBron that Bronny should die. So mm-hmm. whatever person it is, put their name out in the public. Once it's confirmed what they said, and now they have to live with those consequences through through their life because this is who they choose to be. And then, like, with that situation where that late, like, she did the crybaby, like, crying face gesture yes, as she yes. walked out, right? Yeah. Like, she was proud no, of it. No, no remorse. No remorse. With this, this situation with Yusuf Nurkic, the fan clearly wanted the, the altercation to occur, mm-hmm. which is why, which leading Nurkic to grab the phone and throw it, because, like, you're not going to put this on your little TikTok, mm-hmm. Instagram, Twitter, wherever you want to put this uh, interaction because I've now I've called your bluff on you thinking you can say whatever you want to me and me not do anything about it. I'm here now. What's up? And like this phone, like you want to keep talking that bullshit, do it right now with me in front of you. When he, mm-hmm. when he walked up to that fan, Russ, the fan put the phone right in his face. In the face. Correct. I, I think that's why the phone gets thrown. I think if he's Correct. just holding it kind of, you know, at a, in a normal way, the phone could even still be in his hand and he's not going to get his phone ripped out of his hand and thrown. He had it in his face like he was going to be filming all of this. And when I when I just flip through here right now uh, on Google headlines here, we have uh, Blazers Nurkic fined 40000 for throwing Pacer fans' phone. Uh, Yusuf, Nurkic, uh, Yusuf Nurkic confronts Pacers fan and tosses his phone away in rage. Yusuf Nurkic threw a Pacers fan to the moon. I mean, there's all of right. these are about... And that's irresponsible, too. It couldn't be more one-sided. And one of those was on NBA.com, by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, No, the the league has made their stance on this perfectly Well, that's that's another question I want to get to. I'm glad glad you mentioned that, Tony. Let's get to that, Russ. Russ, what do you do if you're the league here? Because if I present to you as the commissioner of basketball and say, hey, we can't have a a player taking a fan's phone and throwing it. I I agree. Yeah, that, that that can't be happening. 
But on the other hand, when you watch the video and you have the full context of what has been said in this, I, I again am going to say, hey, that that's a that is a restrained reaction by Yusuf Nurkic. Correct. So I, what do you do here? If you're the league, your last forty eight hours has been inter- interviewing and investigating and interviewing like everybody that was in that section. You're yeah. interviewing the security guard that ultimately separated Yusuf Nurkic from the fan. Like there, you've made a lot of phone calls over the last two days, um, or more when people hear this. But there like, had been other Portland players that could hear this too. It's not like Yusuf Nurkic was just sitting there silently seething and then went over to deal with this. I mean, I'm sure that if he could hear it, others could hear it. You're right. Yeah, I'm, every every one of these situations needs to be. There shouldn't be a broad brush on these situations on these. No, and the NBA is usually because, very good at not doing that. The NBA is usually. I think pretty good about having some nuance in how it yeah. deals with things. I mean, but like another example of a fan interaction that happened this week was Kevin Durant. Um, yes. This one a little more playful, right? I mean, he, he wasn't smiling, you know, at the end of he it. He doesn't smile. Like, he doesn't have that. <laughs> um, but it's the Durant, only move Kevin Durant doesn't have is smiling. A, a fan said, you know, the, the Nets are losing. And the fan said, hey, KD, we need you to take over. And KD yelled back, you need to shut the bleep up and sit down. Right. Um, he was fined. He should have been fined for that. That was completely irrational. Um, that was in support of Kevin Durant and the Nets. So that was – he deserved to be fined. Uh, in this situation, the league's got to protect its players. Like, I thought – I don't think he should have been fined. If somebody says some crazy stuff like that to to me, I would hope my employer would have my back in a restrained response. In a restrained response from 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 Yusuf, um, the league, I don't think, did enough to protect him in that aspect. In terms of he, they didn't have to find him. You don't have to say, well, any negative interaction towards a fan, the player needs to be fine. No, they should take every individual case one by one and say, this does not deem a a fine and then put the onus on fans to be more respectful of their product, to be more uh, uh, just a normal human being and enjoy this work. That's it. That if the league, which I don't understand, like why would you want people like that? I guess money is green wherever it comes from, but People are gonna. Somebody was gonna buy that. Yeah, seat. there's other people lining up. Right. To buy somebody would have bought that seat. You don't have to have this around your league if you don't want it. And I think if they handled that in the best way possible, I think it sends a message to fans and future fans that say, "Hey, we stand by the players on these interactions. You will not spit. You will not throw things. You mm-hmm. will not be um, um, disrespectful to that level to our players, no matter what team you root for or against." And I, I just felt like this was a missed opportunity by the NBA. Well, the missed opportunity was, you know, months or years ago. I mean, they failed Nurkic in this situation long before it ever happened because, as Russ is saying, LeBron has to stop everything mm-hmm. to get something done about these situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that can't be the protocol. It, it needs to be. Yeah. So the league will say, well, uh, you know, handle it. However, there is no protocol for this. Uh, deal with it with security or 
you know, you if you want to take the law into your own hands here, Yusuf Nurkic, we're going to fine you $40,000. There, there needs to be some step forward on this, like what Tony's describing, Russ. There needs to be a clear policy in place and a clear protocol for players to have somebody removed anytime they say something like this. And the consequences need to be severe enough that you won't do it. And there are plenty of people, if that guy's a season ticket holder, who cares? There are plenty of other people who will buy those season tickets. Someone who comes into your building with that kind of malicious attitude needs to be banned from your building. And there needs to be something. The NBA needs to take the stance that it is typically taken. I don't think there's any league that does a better job representing their players. That's why you never saw, for example, the same problems, the same uh, conflict over kneeling in the NBA as you saw in the NFL. Because the NBA players typically, not always, but typically they don't feel like they have an adversarial relationship with the league. They feel like the league does back them overall. And the league needs to do it here. You don't think so, Tom? Um, I mean, I mean, that situation is, I mean, the league already had a rule and that says you will stand and, you know, for, uh, for the anthem. But in terms of the relationship factor, um, I, I agree that the players do have a better relationship with uh, the, you know, the owners and, and the league uh, than I would say the, you know, the rest of sports. Um but I mean, it's just it's just weird that this we talk about this every other week or every other episode about a fan interaction and nobody's learning. Like they're just doing it case by case. Nobody's learning. Nobody's nobody's seeing one of these in the news and being like, oh, my gosh, I, that's how I'll look if I do that. I'll look like that. Right. Jerk. Yeah. They're just they're saying, OK, cool. Yeah, and it's like, what if you do – If what's worst-case scenario? A fan says, oh, I don't like the way they kicked him out for saying that. He should say whatever he wants. I'm not going to buy a ticket to the game. Who Who's going to say that? Like, right. who has thought that when considering purchasing tickets to see their local pro team play? I don't like how they threw that fan that talked about Yusuf Nurkic's dead mother, a dead grandmother, and talked about his mom. I'm not going to buy a ticket. Nobody has ever said that ever. So what are, what are they fearing? It's, it, it's weird when these big entities choose these situations to not act like a big entity. They use every other way to push themselves, gambling and other things, push their weight around to enforce you know laws that benefit them. But when stuff like this happens, they're just like, eh, okay, we'll do whatever you say. This is bullshit. Time to call out the world's hypocrisies with bullshit. High quality bullshit. <laughs> World class designer bullshit. To be sure. Bullshit. Presented by Sheets and Giggles. They just say whatever they think will interest the audience or make it appear that they know what they're talking about. And what comes out is bullshit. I like this segment. I like I call bullshit as a segment. Like this is something we should have been doing all along. Probably we tried out uh, oh sheet last week. Things that made you say oh sheet, and I think I like this one better. So I went back right. to this one. If you guys have more, uh, if you guys have suggestions, we're willing to take them, and uh, if they're good, we might actually try it out. But we're doing I call bullshit, sponsored by Sheets and Giggles, and you can use our new promo code S A 
to get 23% off sheetsgiggles.com. Fantastic sheets. Russ, I was thinking of this. This is a great idea if you uh, are in a relationship, if you want to surprise your significant other, upgrade the bed, man. Go to Sheets and Giggles, get some excellent, high-quality, silky smooth sheets, and like surprise your significant other by when they get into bed that night, it's like the most comfortable bed they've ever slept in. I'm with you 100% because I'm moving to a new apartment mm-hmm. in the next 10 days, and I've purchased a brand new bed, and I'm going to be able to put my second set of sheets and giggle sheets on that bed, and it's just chef's kiss. So <laughs> everything that Jason says is correct. Ooh, Get your significant out, other. Shut up, Tony. Get your significant <laughs> other a new mattress. Put your sheets and giggle sheets on there and knock yourself out. Have you ever wanted to lick a sheet? Like, no. No. These sheets are, are so... <laughs> we said at the same like, time. I, I, just, I just want to just, you know, don't give a lick. And they are eucalyptus, so I guess yeah, I mean, in theory... Like, it... it you, that's so you want to go koala on these things, Tone. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what, what does that mean? I've never heard that phrase before. Well, koalas eat eucalyptus. Oh. Yeah, it's not a phrase. That? No, oh. it's not something people say. Oh, you want to oh, eat okay. eucalyptus. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I got, all right. I well, so. all right. I'll finish the ad read. Thanks. Thank uh, you. Thank you. <laughs> So sheets and giggles, sheets so soft that uh, 99% of you will enjoy sleeping on them. And uh, 1% of you that's named Tony Gill will try to consume them somehow, I guess. I I saw some sheets. I forget where I was. I think it must have been. It was at the grocery store. I was at the grocery store and saw they were selling bed sheets. And I was like, what? And it wasn't Menards, Tone. It was like a regular grocery store. And they had sheets for like a sheet set for like $12. And I'm like, man. Whoever buys these sheets, these grocery store sheets, is going to be so disappointed. Oh, <laughs> this dude, is not going to work that's out. So ah! that's, that's so funny. Like every time now I go in the store and I see like just sheets on a shelf, I just I get my pompous laugh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there, there's there's places where you in your life where you can cut corners and you should. But your sleep experience is not one of them. If sleep you tell me. You tell me oh. anything that will upgrade and make my sleep my sleep experience better. Life I'm better. I'm 100% in. You're so Sheets that. and Giggles, use our promo code SA and get 23% off SheetsGiggles.com. Do you have something you want to throw in there, Russ? No, I was just going to say, buying sheets at the grocery store, like you're putting napkins on your bed. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Get the real thing, man. Yeah. Get the real thing. Uh, Russ, what would you like to call uh, bullshit on this week? Oh, well, we've... Started talking about the entity that I'm calling bullshit on, and that is the Cleveland Browns, who, after acquiring Deshaun Watson in the trade, realized what they had done and had these statements ready about all the people they've talked to and interviewed. And, you know, they didn't the the guy, the the attorney that represents the 22 uh, women in these civil cases. Yes. Said that, hey. The, they didn't reach out to me. Uh, so none of the teams reached out. To none, me. none of the teams of reached out, which is, no. listen, all right. Like we we understand the position that the leagues and these teams were going to put themselves in, and that's just the confirmation. Uh, he went on to say, "Look, I didn't expect them to, but like there are ways to. If you really wanted to investigate, you could investigate, and they didn't do that. 
So I'm calling bullshit on the Browns. I'm also calling bullshit on the Browns because <laughs> days leading up to the trade when uh, Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson was still courting teams, uh, Baker Mayfield, Cleveland Browns quarterback, current quarterback at the time, uh, he saw the writing on the wall. Yes. I think Baker kind of knew where things were going. And so he put out this long IG post about how he loves Cleveland and the fans in Cleveland and how, you know, he always has space in his heart for them. But he thanks doesn't for the know memories. the memories. Yeah, thanks for the memories, but I don't know what the future holds. Thank you. And uh, officially filed a, a uh, trade request to his team, the Cleveland Browns, to which they said, Baker, you and your trade request can go shove it. Um, then about 24, 48 hours later, they have acquired Deshaun Watson in the trade. And then you will have to now accept Baker Mayfield's trade request and trade him because now you no longer need his services. So calling bullshit on the Cleveland Browns. Nobody seems to want him, by the way. I don't know if he's also correct. We're recording this on Tuesday night. The episode comes out first thing Thursday morning. And maybe he's on a team by the time you hear this, but uh, the Colts wanted Matt Ryan, and mm-hmm. the Saints wanted Jameis Winston. A one-leg Jameis Winston right now. I, I, I'm not really that down on Baker Mayfield. I mean, he played all last season with a bad shoulder. He, he's not Mitch Trubisky. Hey, man. You, you think he is? Okay. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. I mean, the rest I of the like league Baker. seems to agree with you at this Look, point. I like Nobody's I, trying to get him. I like Baker. <laughs> like, hey, man. <laughs> I like Baker, man. Like, I, but you got to start winning some games. And Tony, what do you want to? I'll do mine first, actually, because God only knows where Tony's going to go. Um, I call bullshit on LeBron saying that he is having quote the time of his life playing for the Lakers right now. LeBron is uh, is thirty eight years old, I think, and it has been like a pretty good life. I don't think this is the time of his life playing for the thirty one and forty one Lakers who are going to be stuck in the play-in tournament. Um, yeah, I'm calling bullshit on that. This is not the time of your life. This is the time of his life for us where his end game here is he wants to play with his son. He wants to play with Bronny. Mm-hmm. So he's got to hang on. He's got to hang on a while for that. That's not easy to do. That almost yeah, that's not like never happens. I mean, yeah. it's very different. Almost always, you're talking about like probably – a 20 year gap. You've got to make it 20 plus years and he'll have to make it to, I think 22 or 23 seasons. Bronny. And that's if Bronny is nice. That's if Bronny is nice. It doesn't even, it it doesn't matter because he's already, he's already told teams he'll come to whatever team drafts. So he's basically called a shot for Bronny. Like you're going to get drafted, bro. And LeBron might still be something at that. I mean, he's going to be what forty-two or so at that at, at that point. Like, listen, I, he leading the league in scoring at thirty-seven years old. So they're going to be able to play on the same team. Mm-hmm. Correct. Even if LeBron is like completely washed by that point, which I don't think I'd bet on that. I, no. I would expect, you know, he's still going to be a player. He's having a great year individually this year. Um, I just don't think he's having the time of his life. Correct. Terrible team. <laughs> and he, he went on to talk about like how good his actual life is. It was almost kind of, you know, a, a callback to his signature flex of like, I go home, I drink some wine, I drink some tequila, I play Madden with the kids. And I'm happy for him about that. I am. And that shows some perspective in mm-hmm. life. But he specifically said he's having the time of his life playing basketball for the Lakers right now. And that cannot possibly be true. He's got to hang on, Russ, to 2024 is the year that Bronny could be drafted. So the 24-25 season, he's in 
He's got to play this season and two more, three more. So he's got to play three more seasons after this to be able to have the chance to play with his son, which seems to be his ultimate goal now at this point. Um, I, I hope for his sake he's not sitting around in on, on 31 and 41 Lakers teams for the next three years while he waits that out. Go ahead, Tom. What are you calling so, bullshit on, Tom? So I'm calling bullshit on crypto. And the reason why I'm calling bullshit on crypto. All of crypto, the entire crypto? All, the, the entirety of, of, of crypto and NFTs. Okay. All right. Um, the way that they are selling this to people, to the average person, uh, is, is, is very messed up and should be borderline illegal. But the way that it's one taking over sports too, that seemingly is making it more palatable for people to get like, it's, it's a scam. It's funny money, man. Like if you weren't in early on those NFT apes uh, and on the, and on Bitcoin, it doesn't serve the common person to get crypto. And the way they just taken over commercials and taking over sports, it's weird. It's weird. Nobody's talking about it. Like nobody's discuss, dis- discussing that you only see famous people with crypto or promoting crypto. Like, and there's a reason for it. Like, there's a reason for it. Russ is raising his hand. Can uh? Can we? This is a new uh, wrinkle in the game. Can we call bullshit on somebody calling bullshit? <laughs> <laughs> this is like a uh, bullshit it's, inception. Here, um, I mean, it's, yes. it's the only reason. Go ahead. The no, only no, reason Russ gets why, a turn here. Russ gets uh, a turn. Well, to I call bullshit on you calling bullshit. That's cool. That's cool. But I would like I'll, to, I'll let him finish. Continue, Tom. Yeah. Um, my thing is, is that the only way there's money in crypto for those people to actually get the dollars they're looking for is if the common person uses their money to invest in this. They will never see the ret- the returns that those people that got in early uh, will see, or it will take hundreds of years or their lifetime to actually get those returns that they as this is the the money of of the future. This is how you are going to make you know wealth for generations, and that's simply not the case. Um, for the common person. So I'm calling bullshit on the funny money. Russ, your rebuttal. Mm-hmm. Tony sounds like the people in the early 90s that said the Internet. Why would we ever do that? That sounds like some bull that somebody made up on your little mm-hmm. computers or whatever. Like, I think there are far more people that don't understand cryptocurrency because I'm going to split NFTs and cryptocurrency because I think NFTs are mostly bullshit. Uh, Probably nine out of 10 are mostly bullshit. Cryptocurrency, I don't put that in the same category as somebody who owns crypto and has followed it. uh, You can clearly see why it's valuable. And if you look at how we pay for things, it just it really follows the trend of having other forms of currency besides in the United States, the dollar, the euro, francs, whatever people are using. And there's a reason if you look into we'll call it we'll just use Bitcoin because it's the largest one. 
There are reasons. There's a reason that countries all across the world are buying Bitcoin. They know. They know where things are headed. So it's just like I, I don't calling it funny money. I, I think there's more than just rich people that have crypto. Right. Um, I don't consider myself a rich person at all. I have crypto. The person that uh, created those bored ape NFTs that all the famous people have, uh, that company just received $450 million in funding and just got a $4 billion valuation. And what price am I supposed to buy one of those? Oh, you! I don't. You can't afford it, Tony. <laughs> That's what I'm you saying. That's what but, I'm saying. But you also can't, Tony. You also can't afford to buy a Basquiat. Mm-hmm. Like so, I mean, how does right. he not it's, be able it's, to it's, afford it's it? It's like any type of investment. A lot of these things. Well. I won't be playing into funny money. I mean, <laughs> well, it's too many. Yes. It's too many horror stories where, oh, I I had a lot of these. Now somebody has hacked my password. I don't have any. <laughs> All right, <laughs> All right. All right. That I want to hear some of those actual examples next week. I want you to bring a list of them. Okay. Are there any other uh, newfangled ideas that you're uh, that you're against? Are you, are you against like the uh, self driving cars or? You know, any other ways that the world is getting away from you here? Oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, just just sending out the warning out there to the folks about 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 the crypto. That's it. Okay. All right. Well, that was a good round of calling bullshit. Uh, you can decide for yourself whether you agree with Tony calling bullshit on all cryptocurrency in its entirety. Um, also, Russ calling bullshit on the entirety of the Cleveland Browns, like all of everyone. Mine was more valid than Tony's. The groundskeepers, uh, the janitorial <laughs> staff, the entire Cleveland Browns. Um, and you can also, you can uh, you can go on sheetsgiggles.com and get 23% off your order of all kinds of bedding. They have the regular sheets that are really soft. They have flannel sheets. They have comforters, duvets, duvet covers, everything you can want. Uh, get 23% off by using promo code SA at sheetsgiggles.com. Russ, would you like to hear the news we didn't get to today? Yes, sir. Some very, very good news at a time where we don't always have all that much good news. But some really good news. Friend of the show, Layla Rahimi, has been named lead sports anchor at NBC. Let's go. Let's Let's go. go. Tony, insert a round of applause. Uh, Layla's one of the dopest people in the world. Friend of the show. uh, is, is goes out of her way to support people and it was not the easiest thing for her when she got let go by NBC Sports Chicago and I think she'd be okay with me saying like look it she did she would tell anybody like she didn't know what the future was going to hold for her she loved Chicago she didn't want to leave uh and after moving around for a while in our job which happens like she found a spot um and I say it all the time like our city is very, uh, no, it's not always embracing to people f- outside of the Chicago family yeah. if you're mm-hmm. not from here, especially mm-hmm. in sports. Layla's not from Chicago, but people took to Layla 
very fast and people care about her success. And so it was really awesome and a great full circle moment for her to like be named lead sports anchor at uh, NBC Chicago. That's awesome. She's lead sports anchor anchor for NBC and she's got her own show on the score. Layla's Mm -hmm. work. Everything's worked out. All right. For Layla. He's winning. Absolutely. Uh, Russ, can you give me 30 seconds as our baseball insider? Sports Adjacent's National Baseball Insider on the rules that they agreed to today. MLB and the Players Association going to this ghost runner, uh, staying with this ghost runner, rather, on second base and uh, letting pitchers remain in the lineup and such, even when they get to um, the I'll talk about the last one. It's basically a rule made for Shohei Otani. So mm-hmm. games he pitches in, you know, when you have universal DH, he can stay in the game as the DH. Um, it won't affect anybody but him. <laughs> no one so, else. Cool. There's not a single no other pitcher they would want to <laughs> no. keep in the game. Yeah. No. So good All for right. Shohei. There's a rule named after him. Um, then the others are just having to do with the fact that you've now crammed a, a full season into a um, shorter amount of time than normal. Right. So, you know, having more players on roster in April uh, will just help. You know, a lot of these pitchers, are not going to be ready for their normal workload when the season starts in about 14 days or so. So it just allows the uh, teams to be able to keep guys healthy and uh, hopefully nobody, you know, gets hurt in this early going. <laughs> do we ever, do we ever talk about how unnatural pitching is? Like just on the uh, human no. body? We have not, but you're correct. So funny. Yeah. Okay. Good baseball <laughs> segment. See, look, this is a great contrast where we can go to – an actual bona fide MLB insider to explain everything. And then Tony to be like, Hey, isn't pitching kind of weird? Yeah. Yes. Well, I fact checked. And uh, as we, we, we come to find out each week, Tony does not. Let's move on to the NFL quarterback carousel. Correct me if I'm wrong or add in any that I'm missing here. We got Deshaun Watson to Cleveland, mm-hmm. Matt Ryan to Indiana, uh, Indianapolis, mm-hmm. uh, Jameis Winston back to New Orleans. Russell Wilson to Denver. And then we got Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield still sitting out there. Am I missing anybody? Anyone else who is, has already moved or is uh, certain to move? You said Carson Wentz to the commanders. I think you might have missed that one. I, that's not even like. But yes. no, it counts. It barely counts to me. But yes, but Carson commandos. Wentz to his third team. Yeah, to the commandos, as Tony calls them. Yes. <laughs> still better than calling them their old name. <laughs> yes. Still better than Correct. A hundred times better than that. I got so I got. I guess the commando should be the team for sports adjacent. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, we can say going commando. You know, uh, you know what, Tony, you might be onto something. The commandos presented by Sheets and Giggles. Hey, you already have a sponsor. Hey, you might be onto something because hey. when you sleep, you and I both like going commando when we sleep. Hmm. All right. Hmm. Not your worst. Not your worst idea, Tony. Jason, continue. I I I don't know if I'm more dumbfounded by the idea or that you so readily agreed to it. Because <laughs> the that, more I thought about it, it doesn't happen very often. Well, it, it was a, a way to get our sponsor involved, and you know, I'm yeah. always down yeah. for that. Yeah. Uh I gotta go. I gotta check my notes here and get you know <laughs> kind of resettle myself. This is pretty weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Usually, if anyone's gonna agree with Tony's. Wacky ideas, it's me. But even well, listen, if I can tie Tony's wacky idea to a sponsor, I'm all for it. 
if it equals cash, Russ can solve the problem. Correct. Uh, all right. So I've got I've got here Jimmy Garoppolo and Baker Mayfield as the guys almost certain to change teams. And I'm looking at a list of teams. The best list I've come up with of teams that need quarterbacks are Atlanta, Carolina, the Giants, and Seattle. And I I don't know if any of those teams is really all that – none of those teams is really ready to compete. So it's not like any of those teams is like, hey, we just need somebody stable at quarterback because we've got everything else and we're we're trying to make the playoffs this year. I mean, all those teams are rebuilding. And that's maybe the, the Giants – maybe the Giants don't realize they are, but they are. That's, that's the funniest thing about the Seattle move specifically because they, they knew ain't no quarterbacks in the draft and there's none in free agency. But, man, you, we got to get him out of here. Like they just – like that, that I found that really funny that they were like, "Nah, we good." I mean, and that they they committed. They, they, I give them credit for committing to the rebuild because, like, Bobby Wagner has been an All Pro six of the last eight years, and they just released him. So <laughs> they was like, "Yep, we know where we are." <laughs> it has been weird the last few years to see quarterbacks move around, uh, mm-hmm. to see good quarterback. I mean, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson as a player. Good quarterbacks, and in past years, you saw you saw Aaron Rodgers might or might not move. You saw Tom Brady move. You've seen a lot of these guys change teams, and this isn't this isn't normally how it's gone. This is my question for you, Jason. Like in in your time covering the NFL, or even as a watcher, it feels like trades are much more uh, you know like happen much more often than they used to, and it's not just with quarterbacks. Like we're seeing players from all the different positions, skill position players get traded and. Um, it's added a a new element to the free agency process. Is that, that, is that fair? You're yes, it is. Trades have not typically been part of the equation in the NFL. Uh, not in a big way anyway, not that there's never been trades, but it's not usually how you do it. Um, and there's usually not good players available in free agency. If you think back, Russ, you know, to the point you're making, it was, I mean, this ended up the way it ended up, but it was pretty shocking at the time that the Bears could even get Jay Cutler. Yeah. That they could trade for somebody that everybody thought was good, a good young quarterback. Because those guys just once a team has one, they don't ever let them go. And the way the NFL contracts work, it's even more so than any of the other sports where they just these guys aren't going to hit free agency if they're good. They're going to keep signing contract extensions that they're going to keep getting offered these extensions that they couldn't possibly turn down. And now you're seeing a lot of quarterbacks moving around, and, and Matt Stafford was one uh, last year and ends up significantly upgrading his situation going from the Lions to the Rams. Yeah, I, I mean, and we talked about this a little bit on air, like which makes what how the Colts are choosing to go about their business, I think, more intriguing to me uh, and more interesting to me that the NBA's influence of player empowerment and, hey, I don't want to be here, like I want to leave, has now infiltrated the NFL, which for a team that – chooses to build to, to zig while everybody's zagging everybody's looking for their Patrick Mahomes their Brady um kind of disregarding like as long as we have the quarterback everything else would be fine and the Colts are kind of doing it the other way in my opinion where they're sending multiple like I think they had the most pro bowlers in the league last year like they're choosing they had a ton yeah they had a ton choosing, especially in defense I think yeah they're choosing to build the team and say look this team is good enough for an average to their window for quarterback goodness is larger than everybody else's because they have such a good roster on their team and it's seemingly good coaching on that team. So 
they don't have to depend on having a top three quarterback for them to win. They can have like a top 10 or a top 12 quarterback and still be fighting for it, be in there for playoffs and still running their division. So I I really like how they're choosing to, to build their team and say, and quarterbacks, free agent quarterbacks, they're looking at the culture. Like, yeah, I can win there because they're the rest of the team is settled. I don't think that's, it all depends how you define win. And then you kind of did define win the way you mean it in this case is Mm -hmm. making the playoffs. And I don't, I don't know that that really does that much for me. I don't think that that strategy that you're describing with Indianapolis ends up beating the chiefs or the bills or the Rams or any of those teams. I mean, yeah, I guess it gets you 12 wins and gets you in the playoffs, but I, I think you should shoot for more. I'm with Jason. Like I I'm, I like the idea of, of a team saying, look, we didn't get it right. We're going to keep trying. We do. They have five quarterbacks in five years. At some point you got to get that position, right? <laughs> you want to win in the NFL, but yeah. I, I do. They like just said, they just said, we're I, not doing this anymore. They just said after last year, lie. no more, no more rental quarterbacks. And then here they are rental quarterback. Look, I think it's okay. I think it's okay. If it's, it's, it's really hard to find one of those dudes. So it's like, why commit so many resources trying to find that guy where you're going to end up flipping him anyway. So you might as well just build a good team and then try your luck as everybody else is, you know, and finding that one guy. But until then, go get you a Matt Ryan. Go get you, you know, a guy that can, you know, take you there. So, you know. Russ, speaking of the NFL, uh, Urban Meyer. You know how, <laughs> you know how, like, when something goes badly, be it in the sport, in, in sports or anywhere really like in the white house whatever you know years later years later there'll be this big tell-all where you find out all mm-hmm. the dirt everything that happened you're not gonna have to wait that long to get all the dirt no. on urban meyer because um they were giving it to us while he was still coaching for one uh that's ultimately how he got fired was josh lambo coming forward you're not gonna have to go find people like they're coming to you there's a line yeah. outside my door right now of people that would just love to hand over some of the Urban Meyer dirt. Um, so we got a little more of it, this courtesy of uh, Jason Jenks and Mike Sando of The Athletic. I'll run through the, the highlights here for you. It's not all, it's not everything. It's not all encompassing. But uh, Urban Meyer did not know, according to the report in The Athletic, uh, citing a lot, uh, several sources on all these different uh, um, items or bulletins or whatever, did not know who Aaron Donald, Debo Samuel, or Jamal Adams were. Unfamiliar with those players as he prepared to coach the Jaguars in the NFL. Uh, he told players as a threat, some of his players, that if he cut them, they'd get $15 an hour jobs, which sounds like a really good way to lead. Uh, he made one player cry, which on one hand, I'm a little surprised that that could happen. But on the other hand, it must have been pretty bad, whatever Urban said to that guy to get him to cry. And then he uh, then he slammed the door and left and left assistants to deal with that. Uh, he also, when the team had uh, had brought in uh, wide receiver John Brown, Urban Meyer told Trevor Lawrence, their quarterback, to quote, this is what's quoted in The Athletic, slow it down for him because he was running the wrong route. Slow it down for him. These boys from the South, their transcripts ain't right. Somebody hired him to be an NFL head coach. Yeah. God only knows. I, I keep thinking when we hear all this stuff about how he ran the Jaguars, like what, what was, was he doing with kids? college kids? What was he yeah. doing with college kids in mm-hmm. Florida and Ohio state? Who like, how was he treating those guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott. Are you familiar with Kylie Jenner? 
Russ? Yes. They uh, they had a son last month and gave him a very distinct name, Wolf. Did you hear about that? Did you like, hear about Wolf? Like, like Wolf, Wolf Man, like I was calling Tony earlier in the show? Yeah. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not Wolf Man, but Wolf, just Wolf. Uh, that's what they named their son in February, uh, but that's not his name anymore. They're, they're changing his name after one month. Now, granted, this kid's a baby, so he's probably going to not really remember any of this. And he'll probably be fine with, you know, Tom or Larry or whatever they end up naming this kid. Uh, we don't know yet. They haven't said. Uh, Kylie says on Instagram, FYI, our son's name isn't Wolf anymore. We just really didn't feel like it was him. The kid wasn't acting like a wolf enough. For them, I guess that's that's a hard name to live up to. If someone names you Wolf, you got to kind of be cool enough to live up to that name. And that's pretty hard for a baby one month in to find out that now you just you're not cut out to be Wolf. I'll keep you posted on whatever name they end up choosing. Please, please don't. I, I, I say it on this podcast at least once a month. We have to stop asking famous people things. Elon oh. Musk and his uh, his. Uh, partner i don't know what their relationship is grimes yeah they named their oh i don't know i don't know how they term it i know her name is grimes uh but the baby's name was like a x apostrophe dash hashtag symbol there's a lot going on in there uh so much so that i think they were not able to legally name the baby that because whatever state they're in said we can't we don't have like we don't have a button for that on the keyboard we can't put that out (laughs) to a birth certificate my uh my favorite name so far has been sauce uh isn't he a cornerback that's going to be in the draft this year? I believe Bear- you're. I, yeah, I believe there's a prospect Sauce in the Gardner, draft this year named Sauce. I think, yeah. I think it's his name. The Bears must do whatever it takes to draft him. Do you think there's names that people just aren't going to name babies ever again? Like Gary? Like, you're just Gertrude. never going to find a they No Gertrude. more Gertrudes, bro. Okay. Yeah, nobody's making any this more out of here. Yeah. Imagine someone here. bringing you their baby and being like, this is my baby, Denise. I, I, would, I would welcome that. So or much Chester. Mm. Yeah, they might be we're dead not, for we're Chester. Not, yeah, we're not making many more Chesters. And finally, Russ, a classic story of bear cub kidnappings and a little snitching. Uh, when I'm reading about these two guys, I can't decide which one is Tony. Maybe both. Um, Cody Dylan Setzer, a 29-year-old in California, pled guilty to stealing two baby bear cubs this month. Uh, he originally took these four-week-old baby bears. I don't know what your plan is. What's your plan when you take four-month-old, four? I'm sorry, four-week-old baby bears? What are you going to do? You're going to try to raise this as a dog or something? I, I don't know. <laughs> so he claimed originally that he found these. So what, what happened was he took these bears. He's pleaded guilty. This so this isn't even alleged anymore. He took these twin four-week-old baby bear cubs out of a den. And then he finds himself, big surprise here, unable to manage the care for these two four-week-old baby bears. So he calls California Fish and Wildlife and says, hey, I I found these bears. Uh, They were just in the road near my house. I found them. I rescued them. You got to come get them because you guys will know how to do it. I'm a hero. I I I saved these baby bears that were lost. Uh, Come get them, whatever. Uh, me and my friend, my coworker. So the coworker who's not been named, uh, the coworker, when, when Fish and Wildlife starts investigating this, they're immediately thrown off. They're like, hey, this spot you told us, there's no bear den around here. There's no bear prints around here. This doesn't seem like where bears hang out. 
And so they go and start talking to the coworker. The coworker flips real quick. Gave it up. Oh, the coworker turned state's witness right away. He said, oh, yeah, uh, we took these bears, these four-week-old bear cubs, from a den 90 miles away. He takes fish and wildlife to the den and shows it to him. Um, so I don't, I'm guessing these guys aren't really friends anymore. Uh, he, he confesses to everything. And, uh, now Cody Dylan Setzer, who took these bears, this sounds like a movie. Like, what are you doing taking four week old baby? This is like a kid's movie where somehow they end up with some bears and they got to like keep the parents from finding out. And there's all these wacky hijinks, like the bears get into the pantry and eat some Cheetos and whatever. And the kids got to clean it up before mom and dad get home. Uh, not that funny though, that, uh, Cody Setzer is charged with, and has pleaded guilty to possession of a prohibited species and obstructing an officer of the peace in his duty. He faces uh, almost $2,300 in fines, 12 months probation, and 200 hours of community service. Man, was it really worth it? <laughs> well, no, obviously, no. Especially when you gave him back because you couldn't control him. You right. Get your whole <laughs> face ripped off. He's your whole face ripped off by baby bears. I mean, maybe the punishment fits the crime more so than that. Yes. Um, that's going to do it for another episode of Sports Adjacent. We'd like to thank everybody out there for listening. We'd also like to thank our lovely sponsor, Sheets and Giggles. You use our new promo code SA. That's just S as in sports, A as in adjacent at sheetsgiggles.com to get 23% off your next purchase. You've heard us talk about their products for the last couple of weeks. It's not because of anything other than, look, we love these products. Like, we wouldn't have a sponsor that we didn't enjoy, like, working with. So go to sheetsgiggles.com, get you some sheets. They got duvets. They got comforters. They got masks. They have everything over there, different colors, uh, I have the pearl colored ones. They're very nice. Also have a lavender set. So get you some sheets, sheetsgiggles.com. Um, as always, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, download the podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes. Uh, make sure you're telling all your friend, family and friends about it. Uh, gentlemen, anything else before we let the fine folks go? Tony, this is your time, man. This is your time to shine. Let's get let's hear a, another good endorsement of the sheets from Sheets and Giggles. Just look them one time, and then and then see how, see how you feel. <laughs> okay. Just, just, right. that's, that's just look them one time. For Jason Leisure, I'm Russ Dorsey, and Tony Gill, who licks sheets. We will catch you guys next week. I'm very much a Jason. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You were Jason to the mother. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.